You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 53. Today's topic, my first Insure Justice Conference. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we're in for a treat today. Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. This uh, this episode, we're joined by a guest that we met at the Insure Justice Conference, and there's a great story behind how we all got connected. And I actually know very little of the story. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to learning it with uh, our audience here today. Well, I I should tell you before we introduce our guest, um, one of the members of, of our board who was helping at the conference just a month ago um, came and said, there is a young man that you need to meet. So I followed them over there and I met Jamil Kassab. And Jamil, welcome to our world here at Vanguard University. And I am so glad that you came to Ensure Justice 2013. I am too. Thank you for the opportunity just to share my story and and, uh, and just have a conversation with you guys. So tell us how you ended up at Ensure Justice 2013. Well, it was actually your podcast. Um, one of my jobs, I'm a bus driver, and uh, and what I'll do on my off times in between my routes is, is listen to podcasts, and, and your podcast is one of them, and you had mentioned the conference. And so I after I got off work, I went home and looked into it and it's a god thing when everything just falls into place and um and everybody is okay with it and the time off from work is is okayed and so um i just took that as a sign so i was going to go and and god provided the whole time so when did you start listening to the podcast um i think a few months back actually it's, it's probably been about three four months ago and how did you find it um, I, I typed in human trafficking in iTunes and uh-huh. I started going through a number of the, the podcasts, the individuals, and then the, um, the subscriptions. And um, I subscribed because I wanted it to be something that I didn't just listen to once. And so, and then I, I stuck around. <laughs> all right. All right. So here, um, this is, this is great. So then to get there, you, you, um, you, you're a guitar instructor, a musician, mm-hmm. And a school yeah. bus driver. So how did you piece together um, getting from Portland, Oregon to um, Costa Mesa Vanguard? Well, um, to go back a little farther, uh, about a year ago, my wife is a musician as well. And um, we were a part of a band that led worship at um, what's called the Isaiah Project over at Multnomah University here in Portland. And a couple of students put that on as a project, and we uh, were a part of that. That was uh, my first, um, I guess, submersion, you would say, into uh, the epidemic of sex trafficking and and what's going on. They had a live speaker, um, and it was uh, put on through Shared Hope International. um, And so I had a chance just to learn about it. And at that conference, um, I I just feel like God set a fire uh, in my heart just for the 
the oppressed and and those who are have their rights and their options taken away from them. And so at that point, I felt like the Lord was saying, uh, read. And that's what one of the things that led me to your podcast is I just felt like I got the same study and learn about this. And I was in the season of education. Um, and so every chance I, I'd read books, I'd read articles, I'd read, I'd listen to podcasts, I'd talk to people, I'd try and, 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 um, and meet new people who are exposed to this. Um, and then uh, through the podcast, being aware of Ensure Justice, I, um, I felt like this was an amazing opportunity to go down and network with people that had gone before me. I mean, that nowhere did I feel like the Lord was calling me to uh, start my own nonprofit to um, start a, a ministry or an organization, I felt like he was saying, use your gifts of music um, and link arms with people that have already established a foundation in the area. Um, and I felt like God answered that prayer big time at the conference because uh, I ran into your husband because um, uh, I got there early. I, you know, I just didn't want to be late. And I help, was helping him bring in coffee and he introduced me to you. And then I met uh, Guido from I Empathize, and we totally hit it off. And so um, it just, I, I just asked God, if you want me to be at this conference, then just work it out. And I have already taken my week of vacation at work. Um, so when I went to my boss and I was telling her, hey, I have this opportunity to go to this conference. I know it's extra time off, but would you bless that? And she said, well, the conference can pretty much um, educate you in, in things that you deal with every day with these kids. And so, yeah, you've got my blessing. And so it, it was just, everything fell into place. And, and I think that you told me something about um, how you covered the registration. You know, um, originally, uh, oh. I, <clears throat> I, when I told uh, work that I was going to go down, they said, well, this could be work related. We're our contract, a lot of certain amount of money for education Come to find out that um, the the school board did not honor that, but oh. you know, my wife and I, and I, I, it was an opportunity for me to actually write a letter and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm disappointed that you wouldn't consider this as proper education for what we do every day. We see these kids before the, the teachers see the kids, so coming right out of the house, if some domestic violence or some situation was inflicted on these kids, I see it before the teachers see it." Um, and then we, we drop them off going to the house. And so that could be a devastating uh, part of their life, getting off the bus, going home if it's an abusive situation. So I feel like bus drivers being educated and in, in even just recognizing the signals is, is much more important than some of the training that we're required to do. So I was able to write a letter and tell them, you know, I never heard back from them and I didn't expect to, but at least I was able to share my heart how that's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, and it goes right back to the mantra we talk about all the time, which is study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference. And a lot of people are not educated about this issue very well. And so that's one of the things that we're trying to do. And I'm so glad to hear your story, Jamil, and that you found us on iTunes. And oh, it just goes to show, Sandy, how much iTunes has really become a search mecca for so many of us when we're looking for information. I've often gone to iTunes looking for information or podcasts or resources and uh, just just one more reason why it's so important if you do listen to us on iTunes to leave us a review, leave us a rating because we will come up when uh, someone like Jamil goes and does a search and that way we get this message out. And uh, Jamil, it's just such, a, just such a great story of how you've come connected to us and arrived at the conference and just an amazing how the internet, while it presents its challenges, also has so many wonderful opportunities for us these days to learn and to grow. And for yeah, me... 
For me, I'm really um, inspired by your story because of the connection with school bus drivers. I, I have to be honest, it never occurred to me that I should be reaching out to provide education for school bus drivers. I think mm. about school nurses, I think about teachers and administrators. It's like your population, your job, you see these kids while they're sitting there on their smartphones doing stuff. Mm. Um, you yeah. see them, like you said, when they are coming out of their homes where they've been in some situations that maybe are precursors to running away or having others, other situations, and then you take them back to those situations as well. Um, I'm inspired to look at what are we doing nationwide to um, inform and educate and develop protocols for school bus drivers on this issue. Uh, I think that that would be amazing. You know, I, I've done, I've driven bus for I think four years now. And, um, and there's always the stories of, you know, you run into kids that you, that, you know, go to high school and you don't drive a high school route and they, they see you later and be like, oh, Mr. J, you know, it's good to see you again. They remember you and stuff like that. Well, it, there are kids that I've seen that are completely uh, uh, introverted and, and, and tucked away in the corner, you know, and we're even told we're limited to check in with kids. You know I mean? We're supposed to do our job, ensure safety with these kids, and that's the first priority. Um, but it, it bugs me that we're not able to dig in a little bit deeper, you know, kind of ask the, hey, how are you really doing? You know, or this group of guys that, that, you know, you're trying to hang out with a whole lot, they're not your friends. And they encourage us not to get into that just because the whole legal, you know, the battle that goes on with everything, you know, like, oh, did he, you know, is he hitting on some high school? Right. You, know, you can't have a, you you can't have have a conversation protect. without somebody being overly, which is good in a sense, but then, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you just can't dig in as the, this sounds like, this sounds like a project that um, global center for women and justice could do some research on. How can we develop acceptable protocols for um, what I call, I call school bus drivers, frontline service providers. They are right there on the front line. So when you see something, um, how do you go about doing follow up and referrals so that somebody does check in with those kids? Um, well, I had a, I had a situation in, on, on my bus where um, a little kid walked in with a black eye, actually. And, um, and you know, he was so young and so getting a clear answer and, and trying not to make it be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? You know, but trying to be like, hey, you know, how's it going? Oh, what happened? You know, and trying to be encouraging about it so they talk to you and feel comfortable because obviously they're embarrassed about it. Um, well, we're mandatory reporters, you know, we, I had to go to the school immediately and say, Hey, check into this. And his story sounds like, um, they were roughhousing and turns out it was an okay situation. It was an accident, but you know, it's just being aware of the students, uh, like being aware, learning the signs of neglect, mm-hmm. learning the signs of, of abuse. Cause you know, obviously if a family is going to, you know, go out on the line and send their children to school while they're experiencing an abusive situation at home. They're going to try and hide the hide the bruises, hide the abuse under the clothes and stuff like that. But when it's on the outside, the hands, the feet, the the legs, if they're wearing shorts or the the face, um, you, you follow up at the school immediately because it very well could be a deeper situation. And and you bring up a really good point there for um, anybody that's working with kids, um, if it's not visible, if the, um, the risks and the vulnerability aren't visible, then uh, how do you know 
when and what to report. And when we're talking about cyber exploitation, like we did at Ensure Justice, um, this is the, our goal was to help people understand what the risks are for every child. So uh, what actually happened at the conference that really engaged your mind? You know, um, before the conference, I asked the Lord, I said, I want to meet people who have a heart for the same thing I have a heart for, and and I really want to network. I mean, my main, your, I I think the most recent podcast I just listened to was about networking and and taking advantage of of those resources. And and when you go to conferences, Sandy, you were talking about the conferences you were putting on, uh, you go to meet people. and so I, I did that. I went, I got there early. I, I met you, I met other people. And, um, I feel like, I feel like, um, at the conference that, that I was just immersed in this culture of, uh, I mean, it was, it's so deep. Sex trafficking is so deep. I feel like I was immersed. And the first day I left, I felt like so overwhelmed that I had to go just spend time by myself to, mm. to kind of de- decompress. Um, and so, I feel like my eyes were opened um, and I, I venture to say they were slightly open because I feel like there's so much more stuff that I don't know that I need to learn about. Um, but in listening to speaking, listening to you speak, listening to Lisa Thompson speak and listening to all these, these passionate people, um, my heart was set ablaze. Like, the, like I said before, there was a fire that God instilled in my heart um, to get me, he kind of just kicked me in the butt and say, Hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like my heart was set ablaze. You know, since then, uh, Guido from I Empathize and I have been in touch. I've been talking to Lisa Thompson consistently about articles and, and sharing information back and forth. And um, Guido and I have actually already put into place uh, on May 25th here in Portland at Stomping Grounds uh, Coffee House in Fairview. Um, we're going to do an event where I've my wife and I have... have uh, bought tickets to fly him up and I'm going to uh, do music and bring in some local artists and we're going to uh, start doing events of awareness here and connecting uh, with the community in hopes that people's heart uh, kind of just sparks that fire and they begin to read and they begin to you know look at, listen to podcasts and they begin to go to conferences and they begin to raise awareness and money and stuff like that. So, Well, and if you're doing it on May 25th, I don't know if that date sticks in your mind from um, the conference, but we talked about um, May 25th as the Take 25 um, awareness campaign. You could get the materials from NetSmarts for Take 25 and and provide those resources to your community. You know what? That's that's a total God thing because I didn't realize that. And when we were bouncing back and forth about dates, May 5th was the only one that really just made sense. And so... Okay, well, that's great. So the networking aspect of this, and I've, I've had a chance to look at a few of the evaluations that came up over and over and over again. And we particularly um, appreciate our law enforcement community that came to the conference. We had a special track for them. So they got um, post units, which is part of their continuing education. But the opportunity for the community to engage with the people who are doing the work. Um, to protect our kids, to prosecute the offenders. And this was this was incredible. Um, Ernie Allen was very complimentary about the conference and the the um, exceptional community engagement that he witnessed there. And your your stories contribute to that. Uh, I'm excited to hear that you're connected with Lisa Thompson, with I empathize. 
And yeah. I know that's going to make a difference in Portland for sure. So yeah. tell us um, your like top two takeaways from the conference. Top two takeaways. Um, there was uh, a message that uh, Lisa Thompson delivered um, and it was on uh, the body and, and, and um, like God, how he created the body. And when I, I've never heard her speak before. The first takeaway I'd say is when I listened to that woman speak, I felt like she was so passionate. She was so enraged at God's image being defiled. She was um, so just in love with, with the idea of the restoration of God's image that I was blown away. I, I left that um, plenary session and I just, I felt, I called my wife and I said, I just listened to a speaker that is so passionate about God's image and um, that I just want to, I, I, I like want to replay that video, you know, and for everybody that I know, because I just walked away feeling so uh, enraged that the enemy would work so hard to um, degrade the image of God, because I mean, that's just one battle is to bring God's children uh, down and, and to attack them because you can't attack God directly. Um, so he has to do it indirectly, but, uh, but yeah, so that first takeaway, the second takeaway was the networking, you know, the, the long, the longstanding relationships that I've developed with, I empathize and with, with you it, communicating back and forth over email and, and, uh, the podcast. And then with Lisa sharing her wisdom and she's, uh, sent articles and stuff my way so that I can further educate myself. Um, and then even just the, like the net smarts, I mean, that tool, I went straight to school and I emailed or I, uh, straight home and I emailed my, my boss and I said, Hey, check out this, uh, this link. This is great. This could be used for training. I emailed the youth pastors at our church and I said, Hey, check out this link. I emailed, um, information to the pastors. You know, they've expressed some interest in, in getting involved in, human trafficking locally as local outreach. And I immediately went to them and said, Hey, here's my heart. Uh, let me be a part of it. Um, and, uh, and I'm not one to sit back and wait for things to happen. It, especially with human trafficking, because it's not something you sit for six. It's not like you go, you're in the Marines and you train for this amount of time and then you're deployed because you're ready. It's like, it's happening. The longer you wait, the longer um, it is before maybe someone's rescued. And so, I mean, I went to church and I said, Hey, let's do this. Let's get involved now. Let's, you know, get involved with local ministries here in Portland. Let's connect with ministries in other states. So, you know, if the more you network, the more you um, have a pool to, to pull from. And so that was the second biggest takeaway. Well, I, I really appreciate hearing how you pass this on to um, your colleagues at work and your community. Um, I've already had reports back as well of other people who have done the same thing. Rhonda Shortino was very quiet, and she's a um, a very vocal advocate for child welfare reform. And mm-hmm. uh, she was at the conference, hardly talked to me at all, and she said she was too busy writing notes. Um, she took those notes, um, and last week, the cover story for Foster Focus magazine was on cyber exploitation and the Insured Justice Conference. So oh, it has wow. gone to foster um, professionals, foster care co- uh, community across all 50 states wow. this week. Thank you, Thank you Rhonda. Awesome. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll have to put a link to to that and to Rhonda on these show notes. So um, in in looking at this and how this informed your approach to fighting human trafficking and protecting kids, you've kind of answered that a little bit, but I told you I was going to ask you that question. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of studying the issue so that you can be a voice and and make um, a difference what kind of strategies are you considering um, besides the awareness events um, in your area to protect kids? Um, a few things. Social networking is huge. Facebook, Twitter. Um, I have made it more of a uh, more of a point to to post articles, uh, to post missing children, to post um, videos, to post my heart, and and so that people. I mean. Everybody sees it, you know, it shows up on a timeline and everyone's like, hopefully it'll, somebody will click on a link and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I got to get involved. Um, but the strategies I feel like is just, is, is doing, you know, it, scripture is very clear about, um, and James, uh, take care of the orphan and the widow mm-hmm. in Isaiah. It says the Lord looked and was displeased and there, uh, because there was no justice. He saw that there was no one and he was appalled that there were no one, there was no one to intervene. You know, I'm, I'm just, I don't want that to, I don't want that verse to be said over my life or anybody's life. And so, um, you just have to go, you know, in Proverbs, it says, speak up for those who uh, cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I'm like, I just, I can't sit at my comfortable home and, and be okay with just day by day watching movies, you know, playing music for myself and stuff like that. I've got to use what I'm passionate about and, and use it to raise awareness. And that's where I feel like the Lord has clearly spoken to my heart and saying, use your music as a way to raise awareness, concerts, uh, uh, benefits, um, linking arms with people that have gone before me. Um, and, um, and then just openly talk about it. You know, it's a part of your life. I mean, you people talk about the things they're passionate about, and so I'm passionate about seeing children restored to the to the security and to the the home that they were supposed to be um, given. You know, with safety, and I want that for for everybody. And so I just I talk about it all the time. I um, went to your webpage and read about Jamil Kassab, and <laughs> one of the things that intrigued me was music as a language to communicate. And so uh, I'm not surprised that uh, one of your strategies is how to take what you do in music um, and use it in this battle. Um, I've actually thought about that a few times, and I I would love to hear um, how musicians are using their their gifts, their talents, their skills, because really good musicians, they start with some talent, yeah, but they work mm-hmm. hard, and I'm pretty sure you are among those you, you didn't just pick up. In fact, I think I saw you started playing um, before you could actually hold a full-size guitar, right? Yeah, my dad bought me a Costco guitar. It was a little nine-volt guitar. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a cool Christmas gift is what uh, he bought. And so it was a, it was a little while, seven years old. And, um, and I remember going upstairs and calling my mom and, and, you know, just 
doing a little bend on the first string, like, Mom, check it out. I'm a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, um, it, it, but, the whole, uh, but, the whole thing, that? you've got a bachelor's in theory and composition as a musician. Yeah. And yeah, I went to, I, yeah. I studied uh, private lessons for about nine years. And then when I went to college, um, I, I started with music and youth ministry. Um, but as I got more into it, I felt like it was a little bit of ministry and it was a little bit of music. And if I had to choose one or the other, I wanted to choose the deepest music under uh, education um, and then use that towards ministry in whatever area. And that was definitely a good decision because uh, music theory and composition taught me uh, the depth of music and how to manipulate it and how to create it and how to make something really unique. Um, and, uh, and then from there, you know, just continuing to use that education. Well, um, what I was inspired when I was reading your bio online yesterday as I was getting ready for this, I thought, wow, this is like the next piece. Remember the plenary that I did at Ensure Justice about predict, protect, practice. Remember? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I was a kid and my mother was teaching me um, to brush my teeth, she taught me a little song. And, and later on, when I was learning my ABCs, I learned a little song. I could sing it for you now, but I want people to come back to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that um, this is an area where when we look at, and everybody's heard me talk, about, and Dave talk about this giant pithati with the handles all over it. Um, everybody has a place to help move this issue forward. Um I don't think that we've had the musicians with your kind of skill come to that and take that handle and provide those little um, musical tools because kids learn with music, things that are ingrained. I mean, I don't want to tell you how long ago it was I learned that song. And if I, I can't get it out of my head, it'll be in my head for the rest of the day now because mm -hmm. it is so much a part of me. Using music to teach um, safety skills on the internet is an incredible gap in the tools that we have available right now. I'm hoping that when we hang up from this podcast, you're going to go sit at your guitar and figure out how to do um, a practice technique for a child that's learning that when they click on Facebook, there is no stranger button and so they need mm. to check with mom or something. I don't know what that looks like, but wouldn't it be great to use your skills to protect kids and teach them music that they could sing on the bus? You could teach them the songs. Yeah. There's no rules against teaching songs. No, there's not. And and that's actually, that's a very good idea. You know, the sky's the limit. And what I've kind of, you know, in thinking about, you know, with that website, you know, I kind of threw that up, you know, last minute to just get some content up and you'll see some, you know, if you, if you check that out every once in a while, you'll see some major changes just, you know, involving what I'm doing and what my heart is and directing that towards, you know, human trafficking and awareness and events and stuff like that um, as time goes on. But no, I think that's the sky's the limit. You can literally, there's nothing that can hold anybody back from, from, from anything. I believe musicians, uh, who who love music should get involved, you know, and use their music even just to raise money for organizations that have a heart for it. I mean, um, artists. I'm, I've asked um, some photographer friends and some painter friends if they would be willing just to donate 
um, and uh, some paintings that I can sell at the event. And if somebody wants to buy it, all that money goes towards I empathize. Um, I've so it's the sky's the limit. Like, but that's a, that's a great idea, Sandy. And I'm I'm definitely going to entertain that thought on how to how to come up with that things that students will remember. They can whistle and sing off the bus. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you inspired me when I met you at the conference and I'd forgotten mm-hmm. that it was actually my husband that said, you've got to come meet Jamil. Um, <laughs> but the idea that you, you've opened up new ideas for me of other people in my community that are part of the frontline um, protection. And I'm going to be looking, you can be sure, for bus drivers in Orange County to bring them to the mm-hmm. table. I'm going to be asking musicians now, um, write some songs to help us teach five-year-olds how to be safe. Write some raps that 12-year-olds are going to listen to and learn. And it's going to go over and over and over again into their heads because practice, practice, practice. How many times have you brushed your teeth? (sighs) Yeah. Takes making that a part of who we are. Well, and I really Definitely. appreciate your enthusiasm, Jamila. Dale Carnegie said almost 100 years ago that the little recognized secret of success is enthusiasm. And I love your enthusiasm and your passion for this issue and, and what you can do about it. And also just, like you said, Sandy, taking that handle and using your unique gifts. We all have unique gifts here that we can use that helps add to all of our efforts in scene ending seen human trafficking and child exploitation end and i'm so excited to see you doing that and i uh, can't wait to see what happens for you going forward down the road and jamil thank you are you coming in 2014 i'm planning on it yep okay ensure justice 2014 um i had an, a text from one of the um law enforcement officers from las vegas that came to this and his remarks were, by the way, the conference was the best one I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, we are already planning for Ensure Justice 2014. Add it to your calendar now. It's not too early to set aside March 7th and 8th, 2014 at Vanguard University Global Center for Women and Justice. And we want to thank Jamil so much for being here today and being a guest on the show. Jamil, thank you so much for joining us. And just, uh, boy, we just love to empower you to keep doing what you're doing and uh, stay connected with us because you're doing some amazing things out there. And if you're a musician and you've been inspired by Jamil, um, tell us what you're doing to um, end human trafficking. Oh, yeah. How are you using this? Are you writing songs? What are you doing? Let's... Let's respond. And you can do that by sending an email to gcwj at vanguard.edu. Or Dave, how do we do that through iTunes? Well, the best thing to be able to do is if you, um, you know, just this actually is great that we mentioned this, Sandy, today because Jamil found us on iTunes. Yeah. And so if you go to iTunes and just do a search on the iTunes store for ending human trafficking, you'll find the show. And if you're already subscribed, Would you take a moment to write us a review? And here's why. If you write a review for the show, we're more likely to come up in search results the next time someone else goes on and searches for human trafficking. And they're looking for resources just like Jamil was. And if you aren't subscribed, hit the subscribe button if you're just picking up the show for the first time because we want to stay connected with you. And the other way you can reach out to us is by phone. And that is 714-966-6300. 
Thanks, Jamil, for joining us today. Thank you, Sandy. And thank you, Dave. My pleasure. And we'll see you all again in two weeks. Take care, everybody.